Hey, welcome back to another episode of Between Sermons, where we're continuing our conversation from uh, the Sunday sermon. A lot of times it just it ends up being a little bit of a monologue. You know, you got one guy on a stage talking at a group of people. Uh, we always just thought, you know, what if we could take that conversation and really turn it into a legitimate conversation, just sitting and talking with uh, with the communicator? And what are the things that maybe we weren't able to say on Sunday or, you know, how do we really apply this into real world, uh, real life uh, every day? And so uh, today I get to hang out with a pastor, Moy. How's it going, man? Hey, excellent. Welcome back to uh, Between Sermons. Yeah, thank nice you. Nice to have you. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, so we're, we're in a series. It's uh, part number two uh, where we're talking about uh, missions mm-hmm. at, at CLC. And so uh, we've got a, a kind of a, a, a phrasing for it. We call it uh, N2, Neighbors and Nations. Uh, and so you got to really hit the, the neighbors aspect of of this and I uh, gotta say love the message uh, if, if you didn't get to hear the message uh, you can check out there's a link in the show notes uh, for that you don't have to have heard the message in order to get anything out of this conversation though but uh, I want to just kind of jump in you, you started off by telling a story about uh, hanging out with some friends mm-hmm. and deciding you're gonna go to the 50-yard line mm-hmm. uh, which for those of you that are not local uh, kind of a nightclub scene a mm-hmm. uh, little little uh, a little wild yeah, of a yeah, nightclub so scene. That's an uh, understatement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so at 18, you just have this brilliant idea. I'm going to tell these clubbers yeah. about Jesus. Right. How did that happen? Oh, well, it, it just didn't start there. I mean, I would be in the train stations. You know, I was in uh, any opportunity that I could find. I was out there. Yeah. So uh, that just so happened to be another opportunity that came my way that, that okay. I thought it'd be an ideal place to reach the lost. But what, 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 what was that process like? I mean, so like we, we talked to some people where they talk about, you know, I got saved and it was like there's just this fire lit in me. Right. Uh, and there's some people out there that are great evangelists. And right. a lot of times we, we joke that it's like that fire just never went out. Right. Like it's the, the, the fresh salvation fire. What, right. Was that was that your case or was this, you know, h- how long have you been a Christian at this point? Yeah. So I'd grown up sort of. I was born a Christian. I don't know okay. if you've ever heard that term. Oh, well, please. A, like, <laughs> come on, who are you talking to? Come on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was born in a church. I've, I've always had this, uh, these, I, the, the, I always grew up with a Christian background. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, it wasn't until around that time that God had really started working my heart. Um, I was saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost. That was a game changer for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just started growing in, in this passion and this desire to to reach people for Christ. Um, yeah. it, it was it became a priority. Um, yeah. So yeah, any opportunity that I found, I was out there. Yeah. Uh, if, if there was um, if it was Christmas, I was out there. If it was Thanksgiving, I was out there. It didn't nice. matter. It, it, nice. I just found an excuse to be out there. If it was Memorial Day, I was out there. <laughs> Wherever there was people, I was out there. I love it. And and honestly, I mean, it's it's pretty hard to read the Bible. And not walk away with, I should be doing something. Like, exactly. I, I should be taking this message to other people. Right. Uh, right. So I, I love it when somebody's actually, like, reads their Bible and goes, oh, I should go do this. Right. Right? So so at 18, you get with a group of people. Mm-hmm. You head over to the 50-yard line. Where do those people come from? <laughs> like, so you've got this circle. Yeah. Are you all just as passionate about evangelism? They're, these were people that I led to the Lord. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So they were just excited because they had experience what it was to be radically saved. Yeah. So these were people that I led to the Lord, that God was just, they, they were able to see what God was doing in me and through me. God was working in their lives, and it just exponentiated at that point. Nice. We wanted to do all of that together. We wanted to continue to live out the, the change that we were experiencing. Yeah. 
So you, you, you win these guys and then you say, all right, you're now fishers of men. Basically, <laughs> I mean, maybe not in a formal way, but, yeah. uh, you know, I said, hey, guys, well, this is, you know, I think that we have a responsibility yeah. um, to live out exactly what we've experienced. Let's not keep this to ourselves. I love it. Let's go out there. Let's do exactly what God would have us to do for others. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what did that what did that experience look like? So you go to fifty yard line. Uh-huh. There's people pre gaming outside of, oh, of the yeah. club. Uh, you know what, what? Just walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, do you know Jesus?" Like, what, what was the what was the methodology? I guess. Yeah. So here we go. I mean, there's there's people that were obviously dressed to go into clubs, and yeah. you see this a, a, a rush of people either going in or going out, and we had these pamphlets, and as they were going in and going out, we just said, hey, we'd like to share this with you. Uh, this is a testimony of how God transformed my friend. And he was right there with us. We're like, yeah. this is just a t- testimony of how God transformed my friend. And some people were like, oh, no, no thanks. And some people took it. You know, we put some of it in cars. But, yeah, people were receptive. And yeah. uh, it really encouraged us. Yeah. And you mentioned on Sunday how you guys put your number on the back. So. Right. Uh, so you got some random phone calls. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. now I'm assuming that those weren't all positive phone calls. Maybe they were. What, what was that like? You know, checking your voicemail or answering no, the phone? no. It was actually they were all positive. Oh, I, awesome. I think that, yeah, I think the people that that didn't want anything to do with us just didn't bother. But yeah. the folks that were hurting, the folks that were searching for hope, wanted to get a hold of us and learn a little bit more about what God was doing in us. How could they experience the same hope? So, yeah. and and you know, to go back a little bit. What was really cool is is we were presenting to people a show and tell. Yeah. It wasn't just, okay, well, you know, God wants to change your life. I mean, we had my buddy there, yeah, yeah. and, you know, there's this big guy all tattooed up. We're like, God transformed his life. God transformed our life. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I follow that guy on, you know, social media that says, Jesus Christ, we love you, God. Because <laughs> I love his passion. I resonate so much with that passion to just yeah. go out and, uh, yeah, live out with God. Uh, his purpose for your his purpose for your life. Yeah, I'm I'm sure a lot of this is also personality based. Yeah, uh, you yeah, know, okay. if we're honest, like I think you and I have probably polar opposite personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you've never met a stranger, and yeah. uh, it it may be hard for me to to take somebody from stranger to friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what what is that like? As as you know, you tap into how God has wired you and right. created you, and to say, hey, we're gonna go do something with mm-hmm. this. What's that look like? Um, so. On one end, you're right. It's important for me to be cognizant of it. This is the way God wired me. If this is the way God wired me, how could I use this to advance God's purpose in my yeah. life? Um, and and it's going to look, it's going to be packaged slightly different than it would for you. Right. Um, and and uh, it, it's it, it, we could fall into a very unhealthy place if we say, well, I don't do outreach like that person does. Mm-hmm. But I really believe that at the end of the day your outreach is just as effective as mine yeah. because we both share that heart, that desire. The more important thing is stepping out and doing it. Yep. So yep. Uh, it's going to look different, but at the end of the day is doing it. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's Absolutely. what's most important. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think the, the danger is for somebody with my personality to say, oh, well, Moy can do that because right, that's how he's right, wired. Right. But 
I'm not wired that way. So yeah. it, you say, hey, it looks different for me. Yeah. That's only true if right. I'm doing something. Right, right, right. And and so if we use our personality type as an excuse to do nothing, right. that's, man, that's a, that's a dangerous yeah. place. Because, right. I mean, the, Jesus repeatedly says, mm-hmm. hey, go. Mm-hmm. Go tell people, like, right. go do this. Uh, and he doesn't take into consideration, you know, what's your Enneagram score, right. you know, before I send you off mm-hmm. to do stuff. And he knows, I mean, Paul reminded Timothy that Timothy was timid. Yeah. Um, you Clearly, Paul was an extrovert. Yeah. He did ministry different than Timothy did ministry. Yeah. Um, but God was able to see both of them living life before God in obedience. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what I really wanted to communicate to everyone is you're missing out on a great opportunity yeah. to be spiritually transformed, to know God, to grow to the next level in your relationship with God if you don't do this. So it's not so much about the losses as it is you because it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a double win. Yeah. God works in you and God works through you. Um, so I, I think it could become a little bit daunting if people just focus on, well, this is just what God's called me to do, but I'm so scared to do it. No, it's an invitation for you to do it because while God's working through you, he's also working in you. And that's one of the yeah. best experiences uh, us Christians could, could have. Yeah, I love it. That's a beautiful thing. I, I am curious, though. So. Mm-hmm. 18-year-old Moy is yeah. like, I'm going to the club yeah, to tell yeah. people about Jesus. Right, right. You know, uh, at, you know, 20-some-odd years later, right, what right. is what does evangelism look like for you now? <laughs> I mean, you, you've matured some. You've got wife uh, and kids yeah, to care yeah, for. Yeah. Like, I'm, a, I'm assuming that your your club evangelism days are probably done. Well, one of the things that I did is share. Maybe I mean, not. These are, <laughs> I, I, I want to be sensitive to wherever God is calling me at the moment. I, I do. I never want to lose that sensitivity. Um, but at the same time, I do believe that we have to be wise. Yeah. Um, my 18-year-old year old boy that didn't have any kids um, was taking more aggressive steps. I mean, that was just one. I, I walked into the projects with a group of friends before, and they pulled out a gun as I was evangelizing to them and everybody said moy leave leave and i'm like guys i'm telling you shot for the gospel about <laughs> jesus and, and i look die back a martyr's and people death. remind me about that and i'm like yeah that wasn't smart especially yeah. bringing you know the group of friends that i had with me uh another time um you know we we were a group of friends a group of us was coming back from um maxwell street hot dogs down from downtown chicago and we were going down this this bridge there's just bridge on 18th street and it's very dark and as we're going down i noticed that there was a shadow by one of the lights and uh, i told the guys i said hey we we gotta we gotta go back there's somebody there it's just their body language something's wrong what what does somebody have to what is somebody out there what is somebody doing out there at right you know this time of the night because it was super late at night they said are you sure it's dark and i said you know let's go back so i went back little did i know it was a young pregnant girl um, oh, wow. And uh, I said, hey, could we help you? And um, she said, you know what, I'm, I'm hungry. And not only did we give her to eat, but I gave her some money. Um, and she said, you know what, I told her about Christ. I was able to pray for her uh, it, it, with my friends. And afterwards, she shows me a track. She said, you know what, earlier today, somebody gave me this track. And I prayed and I said, God, if you're real, please send somebody to help wow. me. Because I can't believe that I have to endure this, being pregnant, being young, and being out on my own. So, again, going back and experiencing that, yeah. I was like, everybody said, hey, you gave her all your food and your money. You don't have anything left. I was like, man, that was my food. 
That was my energy. That's what got me excited. Uh, but in terms of today, yeah, I, I, I have to think a little bit more strategically. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible says to be as wise as serpents and as yeah. innocent as doves. So I'm reaching a different group of people. Yeah. And when you reach a different group of people, it's important for us to be contextual. Mm-hmm. Who are you trying to reach? Yeah. Um, what are the best methods in trying to reach these people or build trust? And again, one of the things that I emphasized on Sunday was how do we build trust with the people that we're trying to reach? Yeah. Uh, I realized that it was fun. It was exciting to reach out to people for the first time and do the work of an evangelist. But the older I became, I realized that those people needed discipleship. Yeah. And I'm more in, in this stage of my life. I'm more excited about bringing people to Christ and helping them grow in Christ than I am just a one and done. Yeah. I'm just bringing you to the Lord. Okay, good. That was exciting. Yeah. I don't know what happened to those people at the 50-yard line. I don't know what happened uh, to those folks in the projects. I don't know what happened to that young girl on 18th Street. Um, but I, I, I think of what is the long-term impact if I yeah. could walk these people through and disciple them in a way that's helping them grow spiritually. So, yep. yeah, my approach is a more ma- a, a, a mature approach. It's a more calculated approach. It's a more long-term ministry approach. Yeah. yeah. I, I think there's wisdom in that. I, th- I think I would also highlight that uh, it, it really should be a both and mm-hmm. for the for the body of Christ. I think, right. you know, we're, we're not discounting somebody that does the one and done. Right. Right. Because like that, there's there's something so important about just even for that the story of the, the young girl. Right. Mm-hmm. She already had a track in her hand. Right. Like if somebody hadn't handed her the track, it wouldn't have catalyzed this this moment for right, her right, right right and so it's it's the the seed that was planted there mm-hmm. seed planted by you or the watering done by you like the, all of that is important mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if that's all the church focuses on if that's all the church does like hey we're going to mobilize some people we're going to hand out sandwiches right. you know on on you know in the worst part we can go to in the city hey th- great but there needs to be somebody that's also coming alongside right, to right. To really develop beyond that, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I love talking with you is uh, how much emphasis you're putting these days in both the academic world and the business world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, with your work with InterVarsity, uh, you're able to tap into this academic world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a lot of what you're doing with the Hope Center, you're connecting with these business owners. And so you're, what I love is. You were taking the gospel to the club before, yeah. uh, but now you're taking it into the universities, yeah. uh, and now you're taking it into the business world, and and God's still using you and your yeah. personality and your right. gifting and and everything that He wired you for, right. same way He was using it before, just mm-hmm. different geographic yeah. location. Yeah, cool. no. Uh, over the summer, I had an opportunity because we minister to not only students but also faculty mm-hmm. at a graduate level. And uh, we host roundtable discussions. And here in Chicago, one of my friends is doing amazing work with faculty. He's bringing faculty together, over 400 faculty together, to talk about God and science. Nice. Now, one of the last sessions is we have a funder that helps us. He provides the funding for a meal, and we bring all of these people together. So we'll bring an expert from their world to talk about their experience. And then afterwards, we bring in believers and non-believers to, to talk about the subject. So yeah. it's 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 a, a very interesting discourse. And a lot of the staff, what we do is we, we host a lot of the tables. And it's so interesting. There's this one guy from Harvard, a faculty from Harvard. He's probably going to retire within the next 10 years. And he said, you know what? This is so compelling. He goes, I've never thought about Jesus as much as I have today. Wow. He's like... I don't know if I'm fully convinced, but you guys have me thinking 
about life purpose and this person jesus on a different yeah. level and uh for me again 50 yard line days these <laughs> you know doing ministry at, at these higher echelons of academia uh they both brought that sense of fulfillment yeah that I was doing exactly what God had called yeah. us to do is reach the loss. And sometimes it looks like going to the projects and sometimes it looks like going to the business folks. Yeah. And uh, I love what Paul said. He became, you know, all things to all people yeah. in order to reach them. Yeah. And I think there's something important about that is learning our context yep. and having uh, the dexterity, uh, the cultural dexterity yeah. to be able to navigate between cultures in order to reach them yeah. and doing it in a very authentic way. Because I mean, Again, I, I go back to just building trust. If these academics don't trust us, they will not show up. Yeah. We have to build trust with them on campus. And if they see us as credible people, they're willing to sit down and have a conversation. And those are, you know, there's uh, something that I'd like to in encourage people to look at. But there's uh, uh, recent studies that talk about uh, evangelism and the five thresholds of faith. Okay. The first step is w building trust. The second one is is uh creating curiosity mm -hmm. um and, and those two and then the other one is asking questions you know jesus asked questions yeah. um so there's a series of five steps but i i always focus on the first three are we building trust yep are we creating curi curiosity yep. and are we asking questions and if we could do that well as a church it, it you don't have to be an extrovert or an introvert to do yep. those things I think it's important for us to take those small steps that could lead us into that place where God's using yeah. us in, in that way. No, I, I love it. I, I think that it's encouraging, especially there may be somebody listening to, to this conversation and the way they're dressed, the, the education level they have, you know, the way they speak, going to the 50 yard line is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, you are not wired for that, right, right, right. but to go to, uh, you know, an academic over coffee, yeah. and to sit and to ask questions and to kind of fuel some of that curiosity mm -hmm. of, of what this faith thing right. really is, man, I, I think that they were, they were primed for that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, there's some people that you're right, their education level, their, the way they're dressed, their, their personality type, whatever, they would be awful in that coffee shop, yeah, yeah. but they'd be great at the 50 oh, yard that's line. That's so good. Right. And so like right. taking how God has wired you and, exactly. and this, this is the moment we've been building towards this whole yeah. time, boy. You are not saved to sit. Right, right. And if you can figure that out and if you can you can embrace that idea that wherever you are, right. however God has wired you, whatever mm -hmm. skill sets he's given you, whatever passions he's given you, it wasn't so you could just hold on to those right. things. It wasn't just so you could sit yeah. in a pew or in a, a sanctuary chair somewhere right. and listen to a preacher talk about the Bible for an hour and then go home. Like yeah. You're not saved to say. Yeah. And I would say, don't wait until you, you find the perfect conditions. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. sometimes we say, well, uh, once I get a little bit of, you know, uh, more notoriety or a little bit more of this or a little bit more, yeah. or once I'm in this position or once I'm in a C-suite or I'm, yeah. once I'm here. No, I don't think that there's ever the ideal moment for us yeah. to actually obey God. Yep. It's more important just to obey God where you're at. And God's going to guide you along the way. But, but yeah, it, it's important for us to serve God where we're at. When I was, um, you know, 
when I was in, in Blue Island, I was doing ministry that fit the context of Blue Island. Yeah. Um, when I do ministry around business folks and academics, it's ministry about yeah. around business folks. I speak to sometimes the people's intellect. I speak sometimes to their existential realities. Yeah. Um, sometimes I speak into their heart. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I speak into their physical needs. Yeah. So it's understanding the people that you're serving and trying yeah. to reach um, in, in order to do that in a faithful way, in a winsome way, yeah. in a very intentional way. Yeah. I, we, we, so we do this thing called Life University. It's these classes that we teach every Tuesday night. Uh, I just got done last semester doing an evangelism course. And one of the big things that we talked about is, um, the, so you talked about like waiting for those perfect uh, scenarios, that perfect setup. Uh, sometimes we're waiting f- because we don't feel like we have all the information. We're right. like, I don't know enough about the yeah. Bible, so I'm not ready for that question. Yeah. And the reality is, look, I, I'm a pastor. You're a pastor. We we do this thing nonstop, and I can't answer every question. Like I, I yeah, talk I to people sometimes, and they're they're just they ask something. And I'm like, man, I've never thought about that before. That's a great question. I don't know why that's you know not addressed. Right? It's okay to not yeah. have all the information, right. to not know every detail about the Bible. Uh, what's what's important is that you you go do something because you're not with saved to sit. Yeah, with what you use, what you got. Yeah, yeah, because. And I could attest to that, that there's a lot of things that I don't know about the Bible, especially when I talk to people that are experts in certain books of the Bible yeah. or theologians. And you're like, oh, wow, I can't believe the, that. The I more had you learn, from, the more you realize, realize you, know you don't know. And you're like, what have I been? <laughs> and it's easy to get paralyzed with that yeah. and say, well, wh- wh- I, I can't say much because I no. What do you know? Go back to the core tenets. Jesus died. Yep. He was crucified. Yep. He was raised on the third day. He's bringing hope to us. Uh, through the work of the cross, and he's redeeming all things to himself. And we're part of this grand narrative where God is working through us in order to redeem the world. And the church is the hope for the world. And if the church were to realize that and not, uh, and understand that they can't sit because they were not saved to sit, then, man, um, yeah, the, the, the exciting possibilities that come out of that thought uh, just are exhilarating. Yeah, I, I love how Mark Batterson puts it in one of his books. He's written too many books for me to remember which one now. Uh, Mark Batterson says, um, oh, man, I just I just lost the quote. It was on the tip of my tongue, Moy, and then you looked at me and I lost <laughs> it. Uh, but he talks about um, this this idea that, um, man, I, I, I really just lost it. No, that's, okay. that's amazing. Was it uh, his last book? No, no, no. It's an old one. Oh, okay. Uh, but he ta- oh, I got it. He, he talks about how um, too many Christians are educated beyond their level of obedience. Mm. Uh, and so a lot of times it's like, well, I just need to know more. I need to, I need to get more information. I need to get more education, and then I can obey. Right. And it's like, no, you won't. Yeah. Right. right well, you right, already know right. more than you're actually doing. Right. We, or, or we don't we, need to know more. We need to do more. Yeah. Or we think about that, you know, well— I'll put a little bit more time for ministry when I'm not working as much or when I make so much money or when, again, you know, we think about all the ideal scenarios that we would serve God and God wants us to serve him where we're at. Where are you? What do you have in your hand? I mean, it was interesting how the disciples, you know, Jesus said, and not only am I calling you, but I'm giving you something. What is God giving you? What is God putting in your hand? I talked about something as simple as a as a paintbrush. Yeah. If we were to go out and to serve those around us in tangible ways that express the kindness and the hope that we have in us, this authentic love that we have for others, uh, we could begin there. And I really believe that we could begin to see the impact yeah. of what God could do through our lives if we started with what he gave us. And yeah. sometimes they're basic things. Yeah. That's that's one of the things I love with uh, about what you're doing with the, the Hope Center. 
because you're you're creating opportunities for people to use a skill set that doesn't always get the notoriety or doesn't always get like pushed to the evangelistic approach to mm-hmm. it's like guys that are good at working on cars yeah. like they, they think you know i work on cars like yeah. I, I don't know how god can use that right uh and then here you've got the hope center you've got a garage you've given away seven cars yeah. Yeah. uh like it, there's there's something that's happening to yeah. be a blessing to people right. using a skill set that, right. that people have you know the mm. the gardening yeah. right it's like i, I would have never thought that first of all, that you could set up a garden in that tiny little plot of land. I mean, we, I was there for two years. We we're trying to figure out what to do with that thing. When, I think when we first got there, it was just overgrown weeds. They were yeah, like, yeah. they're like eight feet high. Right. Uh, and it's like, okay, there's something under here, you yeah. know, but my vision for it uh, was like so minimal. And it was like, just, I don't know. Like the guy before me was like, we'll turn it into a parking lot. I'm like, you get like eight spaces out of this. <laughs> right, like, this right. is just not worth it. And then you came in and you're like, garden, we're, yeah. we're going to, we're going to teach a skill that our community needs. We're mm-hmm. going to provide food that the community needs, but yeah. really it's, it's more about the education of it right, right. Uh, than even just the produce that's yeah. provided there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you take, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, just a random room in the building and load it up with 3d printers mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I'm going to bring in some guys that love technology, right. right that are creative and artistic. We're going to learn how to utilize these things in an entrepreneurial way yeah. and how to be a blessing. How does all of that come about? So you create mm-hmm. these three different kind of branches within yeah. the hope center to say, Hey, we're going to get people with some skills. We're going to get yeah. some people that have an ability that God has given them and yeah. we're going to use it to be a blessing to others. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wish, I wish I could say that all of that was, you know, was birthed out of this moment's time, but, <laughs> um, man, I, 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 God begins to work in your heart in so many different ways and, and, and tugs you in different direction. And it almost seems like if people don't realize that the meat in the crock pot is tender, uh, because it's been cooking for a long time. And I was cooking yeah. ideas for a long time. I, I need to give a shameless plug to uh, every good, uh, uh, the book, Every Good Endeavor. Okay. Uh, because he provides a framework. Uh, Tim Keller provides a framework for understanding that we need to flourish where, where we are, just as the Israelites did when they were in Babylon. Yeah. And he puts this perfect framework for what that looks like. So when I was fed this new framework of flourishing where you're at, you begin to find ways, you begin to think of different ways within this new framework. How could I flourish where I'm at? Because if the city prospers, I also prosper. Yeah. And as Christians, we need to have that redemptive lens to look through. And, and I read Work Matters by um, Tom Nelson, uh, The Economics of Neighborly Love, Amy Sherman, Kingdom Calling. And I started reading these books that started shaping my mind and my idea yeah. around what would it look like if you were to do something with what you have. So, you know, the opportunity of going there to the Hope Center, um, I'm I'm really grateful that you were able to clear the weeds, not only practically, but spiritually speaking, preparing the ground. Um, You know, you look at the the work that Zerubbabel never gets mentioned, you know, in the Bible, but we know Zerubbabel and then, uh, what's the prophet's name? Uh, um, Zerubbabel, Nehemiah, and then the scribe. I only, got, I only got, it's not Ezra. Ezra. Is it Ezra? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So go. Zerubbabel, Ezra, and See, I, pastors don't know everything either. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> oh, man, I had one of those moments. And um, here we have these guys, and everybody built a framework so that finally Nehemiah, 
could build rebuild yep. a wall. He gets and all the credit. Yeah, he gets all the credit. All he did was build a wall, and he didn't yeah. even finish. He didn't even build like the the full wall. Right. He just built one section right, of wall. Right. And he's the one we talk about. Right. Nobody knows who Zerubbabel <laughs> is. Nobody. Yeah. I mean. But in the same way, I, you know, I, I have to admit that because of the work that you did, because of the work that Pastor William did, yeah. because of the vision that Pastor Jerry had to go into a place like Blue Island yeah. way before I was on staff, helped prepare the way for me to be able to add this next section to what we're doing. So, yeah, it's been a combination of books. It's been a combination of opportunities. It's yeah. been a combination of networks. It's been a combination of friends. And then you realize you're walking in obedience yeah. and realize that God is actually ordering your steps. Yeah. Yeah. And next thing you know, you have this flourishing garden with chickens in the back and <laughs> this happening over here and this happening over there and people wanting to be part of it. Yeah, yeah it's exciting. And we often realize, we often fail to realize in the Bible that not everybody that Jesus preached to about the kingdom was receptive, but yet still Jesus fed them. Yeah, He still fed them. Yeah. Jesus spoke into their heart, into their intellect, sometimes practically, sometimes theologically, yeah. and not everybody responded. Yeah. So there are certain things that we do at the Hope Center that we do as in faith and in investing in this future generation, understanding that we may see the fruit of what we're doing immediately, but we may not. Yeah. You know, after I give people the tour, the last part of the tour is where there's two tre three trees that were donated to us. There are three fruit trees. One of them is starting to grow fruit. And we end the tour by saying, these three trees are a representation of where our heart is. We most likely will not eat from the fruit of these trees, but the next generation will. Yeah. And what we're doing right now is for the next generation, not only practically, but yeah. spiritually. How great is it going to be for people to think that there is a church that thought so much about local and world missions that they planted something there in Blue Island? Yeah that's going to impact people cool, and right? change their trajectory. Yeah. So it's really yeah. cool to think about it that way. Yeah. Um, and part of it is understanding that we're not safe to sit. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah we're, we're probably going to talk about this more uh, next Sunday and then in the podcast uh, next week. But like uh, CLC has four kind of primary focuses when we talk about missions and, and what we're doing. So we're planting churches because uh, church, as you said, hope of the world, mm -hmm. right? We're developing leaders because mm -hmm. uh, you need leaders to, to be able to do the work. Uh, we are reaching children because there's this whole, um, uh, we, you know, we talk a lot about the f uh, 1040 window, mm -hmm. uh, but there's also this other window called the 414 window mm -hmm. uh, that it's basically, I forget the stat off the top of my head, but I think it's like 86% of Christians will be will first be introduced to Christ between the ages of 4 and 14. Mm, uh, right. And if you don't reach them in that 4 to 14 window, yeah, right. you miss them. But the fourth uh, endeavor that we have is to alleviate poverty. Uh, mm -hmm. And kind of the way we talk about it is that it's really hard to hear the gospel over the sound of an empty stomach. Mm -hmm. Like when, right. when you have a, a felt need, when you have right. a, a legitimate need in your life, man, a preacher telling you how much Jesus loves you means absolutely nothing. Right. right. right? And, and, and what we have to balance, though, is also like, you know, we could become a totally humanitarian focused organization. Right. The problem there is, you know, you're you're fixing a temporary problem right. and neglecting the the permanent problem exactly right salvation is right. what's most needed in their right. life uh, but if we can't introduce the gospel to them because of the need in their life we need to solve the the need that we can solve in in order to introduce the jesus that can right. truly save them 
Uh, and so I, I love that uh, the Hope Center gets to kind of be that forefront yeah. here locally in Chicago to, to say, hey, here's how we're alleviating poverty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it doesn't look like everybody else. Right. Uh, that's one of the things I love. Like mm-hmm. we started off with a food pantry there yeah. uh, and it was like minimal results. And it was, you know, we had a food pantry, but so did that guy and so did that guy and so did yeah. that guy. Um, and, and being able to say, here's, here's the unique imprint of what CLC is doing, yeah. uh, because we weren't saved to sit. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. there's a purpose, there's a, there's a destiny for, for everybody right. that, that God has equipped you with a skill and a tool set, do something with it. Right. 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 I love it. Yeah. So, so in your message, we'll kind of wrap up kind of tying back into your message again. Uh, so you talked about uh, Jesus is calling. Mm-hmm. You know, are you answering? Uh, he said, uh, you said, uh, Jesus is sending. Are you going? Right. Right. So what does that look like for, for somebody that's saying, man, I, I would love to go. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the idea that Jesus is calling me, but I didn't hear anything. Like, uh, how, how do I know what he's telling me to do? Yeah. Yeah. I love the question that Jesus asks Adam is, where are you? And he didn't mean geographically. He, he yeah, meant yeah. spiritually. Um, it's important for us to ask ourselves, first of all, spiritually, where are we spiritually? And then ask that second question geographically. And if we could answer that question, not only could we sync up our heart to where God is and understand that um, God wants us to be in a place where we're flourishing spiritually, but think about and pray about the second question is, where are you geographically? Mm -hmm. You know, where do you work? Where are you located? What's your neighborhood like? You know, um, are you the salt and light of that community? And, and, and I love the metaphor that Jesus uses in that area of uh, using salt because salt is a preserving agent. Uh, when people used to use the, the, the saying, you know, you're worth your weight in salt, it's because salt was a currency and it yeah. preserved meat. And we, in the same way, preserve culture. Yeah. Um, so we preserve the moral fabric of yeah. the culture. And it's important for us to, to understand that, yeah, we, we are a preserving agent, but we need to be that preserving agent where we're at. Um, so yeah, w- working off of that and starting there is, is important. That's what it means to be a saint is asking ourselves those two questions. Mm-hmm. So in, in your message, you kind of talked about, you know, uh, Jesus calling and, and we, we talked a little bit in, in our meeting, you know, the, the challenge is, is being able to hear his voice because yeah. sometimes a lot of times we read mm-hmm. in scripture where Jesus's voice was, you had to be pro- like, there had to be a proximity to yeah, him. Yeah. You had to, you had to be close enough to hear, you know, in old Testament, it's God speaking in a whisper, mm-hmm. you know, in the new Testament, Jesus is telling a whole crowd of people a story, but nobody's getting it. Yeah. And then it's only the 12 that were able to sit at his feet and mm-hmm. to ask questions and to, to get application to, to the stories he was telling. So like, what advice do you have to somebody for that, that proximity issue? Like if you're, if you're yeah. not hearing uh, from God and getting direction for your life and where you're supposed to go. It may be a proximity issue. Yeah, you're right, because I think um, there's 11 disciples that sat at his feet, but there's one of them that sat at his heart. And it talks about in the book of John how John uh, would lay on Jesus's breast. and, 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 And I'm not sure if that was, you know, figurative all the time or literal i don't know if there's this grown man just laying on jesus's breast all the time i kind of hope it was more figurative (laughs) than literal that's just a weird image it is uh but to think that he was the only one at the cross at the very end now he was at his feet because he was at his heart the majority of the time so there's an important part to that and part of that is being close enough to god's heart to hear his heartbeat and when you're that close, you're able to hear exactly what God is. You're feeling what God is feeling. You're you're feeling the hurt for the lost. Yeah. You well up with this level of compassion that, 
you, know, you could no longer think about the obstacles. Now the only thing you think about is how can I not go? Yeah. How can I not respond? How can I not move? The fear goes out the window. That goes out the window. Why? Because you're so close to his heart. You yep. want what matters to God. Yep. That's beautifully said. I, I, I think that's absolutely it. Like the, the closer you are to his heart uh, and over time too, like it's just, it's not like a one done like in this moment, I got close to him, but you know yeah. the conference is over, or the yeah. you know the special service is done, right. worship ended, and so now yeah. it's like I'm I'm going back to my thing. Right. When you live in a place of every morning, every day, you're saying how how close to the heart of God can I get today? Right. right. Like I I think you'll you'll realize like we all share the same purpose. Like right. there, there's 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 one purpose, and that's mm-hmm. to seek and to save that which is lost. Right. Like that's that's why Jesus came. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why he sent his disciples out to go mm-hmm. and make disciples like that. That is our purpose in life is to to glorify God and bring others to do the same. Right. So if that's our shared purpose, then it becomes what's your unique um, uh, expression of that purpose? What what does it look like for you to do that thing? And so right. for somebody, I would just say if somebody's saying, you know, I don't really know what God's wanting me to do. Well, he's wanting you to seek and save the lost. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. what does that look like? for you what mm-hmm. what is that expression is that your workplace you know i love the the question of where are you geographically mm-hmm. right is that is that your neighborhood is that your workplace mm-hmm. is that you know you've got a hobby you've got a right. passion you, right. you know I, I love you know we got a member here dan castro like yeah. he is using his paintbrush to just change the world oh, and yeah. i love how much he's able to share the love uh, of christ through paint yeah. uh, you know it's just uh it, it's really neat for me as a preacher, as a guy that gets, you know, his, his whole thing in life is to study and to talk. Yeah. Right. But then when I meet a guy that's like getting their hands dirty, mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, mm-hmm. that's, I, I don't know. It warms my heart. It <laughs> makes me happy. Uh, but yeah, so just challenging people. Yeah. Um, get close to the heart of God. Yeah. yeah use exactly. what he's given you. You're not saved to sit. I love it. Yeah. And you could see that, you know, even Peter, when he followed, when he denied Jesus, the Bible specifically says that he followed him at a distance. Yeah. Um, when we're following God at a distance, it's easier for us to turn our back on God. Yep. The closer we are to God, the more we're able to hear God's heartbeat. So, yeah, make, making sure that that there's no space between yeah. you know, us and our creator. Yeah, it's easy for the servant girl to say, hey, aren't you one of those guys that was with him? And right. it's easy for him to deny when he's way over there. Right. That'd be a really awkward conversation if he's standing next to Jesus. Right. on his heart, on his <laughs> breast. <laughs> I'm leaning he's up. Like, you're right. I don't, right. Know, I don't know this guy. Right, right, right. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. It's impossible. No. Because so, you're you're right, you know, you're listening to God's heart. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And so yeah, yeah get close to his heart, understand yeah. his heart is for people to be saved. Right. Right. I love how many passages there are that talk about, you know, how much God just wants everybody saved. Like that's right. that's the goal, that's the purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't want anybody going to hell. He doesn't want anybody lost. Right. So that's our job to to make that happen. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. I love it. All right, Moy, if people want to get involved with uh, what's going on at the Hope Center, what do we got? We got a website set up for them, go.clc.tv forward slash hope. Hope, yeah, uh, exactly. So we'll, we'll throw that in the show notes, and they can mm-hmm. learn more about the Hope Center and, and how to get plugged in and, and make a difference here locally or uh, find a way that they can uh, they can make a difference wherever they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Moy, thanks a lot for hanging out. Good conversation. Uh, as always, if you need a book recommendation, Moy's your guy. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll hook you up. Uh, but, uh, until next time, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week.